So Mixologist, if you love this show and it's ever made you think, you know what? I should make my own podcast. I say go for it. Let me tell you about Anchor, okay? Honey, it's free pumpkin. Yes, free. There are creation tools. It allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer just like I do. You can literally even add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for whatever you want and can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, something the world's never heard before, or join the rest of us and talk Bravo, Housewives, Bachelorette, all those fun things you love in the TV you're watching. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many, many more. All the girls will be able to hear you no matter what or wherever they like to listen. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, Pumpkin. Literally, you put it out, you can get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's super, super easy. I love it. I use it all the time. I make this show and y'all love it. And you know what? I couldn't do it without Anchor. They make it so easy. They have the best support staff. You literally can reach out to them anytime. It's truly a great way to start a podcast journey. Get yourself out there. Talk to the people. Connect with the people that love the same things you love or people who maybe want to have a little discord with you. Either way, mix it up and let Anchor help you do that. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.f as in father, m as in mother, to get started. Download that free app, honey, and get you some podcasting. Hey, y'all. I'm Moni, and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, all you cool cats and kittens. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, absolutely not. We are not. We are not going to switch to that. No, let's start over. Hello, all of you lovely mixologists. Welcome back to another episode, bonus, but still a great episode of Mixing with Moni. We are not going to start this Carol shit because I fully believe that bitch killed her husband. But Tiger King, if you're not watching, I did what my last bonus episode I had Megan from Bravo Happy Hour come on and she prescribed some good binge during this difficult time of being in your home. Um, It was Tiger King and she explained why she, you know, she knew things about it and who she knew she was that was working on it and stuff like that. Go back and listen to that episode if you haven't. It was a really good time. I think that was um, a regular episode. So we talked all your favorite Bravo shows, of course. She... There was a good recommendation, okay? Tiger King is a nut fuck. It's just a whole nut butter. It is peanut butter, almond butter, cashew butter. It is all the nut, but it's the nuttiest of all the things I've ever seen in my life. But it was incredible. So if you don't know what I'm talking about with this cool cats and kittens bullshit, you need to go watch Run, Don't Walk to Netflix, 
they're having a good special or something right now I'm hearing. So, you know, do that if you don't already have a Netflix. But what are you doing? Because you need that during this time. Um, But beyond that, we are here to do a special little bonus app, okay? I have Anthony Lario. He's an amazing podcaster. You know, I think he has one of the best podcast that he no longer has he's kind of stopped it at the height of and he's explained it on his podcast on my podcast before i have him he has done shows on the serious xm covering potomac so that makes him very qualified to talk this trailer with me so of course we talk the potomac trailer he has worked for some bravo labs he is from the new jersey area but he has worked in new york i'll let you guess as to who he might have been able to work for that makes him qualified to talk Roni. He is going to be talking season two with me. Um it was a it was a fun time. It's the first season that Kelly Kalor and Ben Simone comes on. We're only talking the first couple episodes. It's not incredibly long. Um the reason and sorry for saying I'm so many times the reason that I had him come on was because he knows his shit when it comes to Roni. And we are going to be talking about that shift from Manhattan Moms, which is what season one was supposed to be, to what makes it a real housewife, to what makes it one of the best real housewives probably ever. You know, he doesn't, we don't like all the same housewives on Roni. And we have very differing opinions. And I think that's what makes these podcasts so fun is when we're not all just going, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, I agree. But like, you know, getting into it and explaining why we think that trying to convince the other person. We're both so strong willed, so it doesn't always work. But it is so fun to have multiple kinds of people represented on my podcast. And those include team so-and-so from Roni and not team so-and-so just a little snippet he's team Carol in the reunion fight with Carol and Bethany I am so vehemently not team Carol that I just I it, it was shocking but I still love him um so yeah definitely go listen and right after that I also included some of the audio from my most recent IG Instagram live with uh I don't know Chelsea because she was on my podcast so you know her name at least Chelsea from Oh No Bravo which is the hilarious continuity meme account because she's always doing series and something great her stories are like these movies that play it's kind of crazy she's amazing but we've been doing these fun little lives and um I'm going to come back as long as she'll have me, but people have asked for the audio. The audio was here because we talked about Vanderpump Rules recent. So we have a, a past conversation with Anthony happening about a past season of Roni season two, but a current conversation with Ono Bravo about Vanderpump Rules and this last episode. And it is not all of the audio. Otherwise, this episode would be like two and a half hours long. We were on there for 45 minutes to an hour. But if you are interested in knowing more of my thoughts or hearing me continue this conversation um, about Vanderpump Rules and, and before you, you know, you know, you DM, DM me my thoughts on a particular part of this episode, I did Ryan Bailey's podcast, So Bad It's Good, with Ryan Bailey. And he had me talk all things Vanderpump Rules for like an hour and a half. So you definitely want to go check that out. And that's one of the reasons why she wanted me to come talk on IG Live with her about Vanderpump Rules because me and Ryan had a kick-ass time. He asked some great questions. We really got deep into Vanderpump and 
you know, I have not watched in a very long time and I don't think I'm going to watch again, but I saw everything with fresh eyes. And that is one of the reasons I think he might have asked me and I want to make sure I plug it. Go listen to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey after this, especially if you like the little snippet I give you of what me and Chelsea talked about because she loved the episode. That's why she wanted to talk to me and ask some great questions, but I don't want to give all my opinions away. And he did ask me first, so please go and support all your local creatives and podcasters and all the stuff by just simply listening. So go listen to Ryan's episode right after this if you need something to do that is a good thing to distract you from doing it, um, from not doing it at all, really. So that being said, up next, I have Anthony Lario for Roni Season 2. And then I have my IG Live um, little snippets talking Vanderpump Rules with Chelsea from Ono oh Bravo. Stay tuned for some other fun stuff we are doing uh, in the upcoming weeks. And stay home, stay happy, stay healthy. All right, guys. As promised, I have the incomparable Anthony Lario here. Literally, like, there's no one way to even describe you. There is <laughs> podcast extraordinaire. There is literally Instagram content curator, comedian, and musician coming to literally like a Grammy stage near you very soon. Because your last single, I was like, this is a bop. Oh my God. You know, oh my God. Thank I'm kind of everyone. I'll like everything. But if I give you a comment, we're in there. And <laughs> I am so happy to have you back on. How are you? Well, that was the best introduction of all time, seriously. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thank you for having me. You know, you should just add clown to the list, too, because I just feel like a clown all the time these days. Oh, my God. I love, but your your Instagram, like, little episodes and comedic situations, like, literally sitcoms for... Instagram is the f- <laughs> some of the funniest things. I don't even know where you come up with these things, but in times like this, we need them. Oh, thank you. You know, it's it's difficult to to know like what line is appropriate to cross because so often I'm like, is this gonna cross the line, especially like with the coronavirus? But you know, I, I feel like as of right now, there really is no line because it's just so wild. Yeah. So it's like, you know, let's just, if you can yeah. make somebody smile or make them laugh or exactly. you know, give them something else to do, why not? No, like we're all breaking glass at this point and pulling out <laughs> hair. Like anybody who was like, guys, stay home. Even those people are like, so can we leave yet? Like when can we <laughs> leave? Know. Like, can you just let us know? Like we're cool with the stay home. But like, I know can in this April 12th day. This April 12th date is making me really nervous because I don't think it's going to be all right by then. Oh, but at the I'm same... a thousand percent positive it's good. It's not going to be well by then, which is like hilarious because. But even so, I'm like, okay, if it's April 12th, then fine. <laughs> but also, like, that's forever from now. Yeah. <laughs> Two more weeks is so still a lot. Like, in the grand scheme of, like, numbers and data of everything, it's not enough time. And we all know that. And we're looking like, um, I think you're being a bit ambish. Like, Yeah, well, if we all just fucking stayed in for two weeks, if every single person in the country stayed in for two we weeks, then we would numbers. be fine. We then we'd be fine. things that we want. Like, we can understand. Because that's, like, that's all we need is, like, medical people, scientists, they all just need to be able to have everyone stay in they need to know where things are they need to be able to pinpoint stuff and we can't do that because we're all over the map like all over the map 
We're running yeah. around like chickens with our heads cut off. And they're like, yeah. can you just go home and watch television, please? You will yeah. save the world. Come on. You just go home and watch TV. <laughs> I know. And like some areas, you know, I do feel... You know, for example, right here in Jersey today, it is so nice out. It's like 65 degrees. I'm, I have a wine spritzer next to me. I was out on the porch, but I had to come back in because there wasn't that good of connection. But, like, I feel bad for somebody who's in an area where it's fucking shitty out. Tomorrow it's going to be pouring here. I'm going to be trapped inside, and I'm going to feel like an asshole. Like, it's it's different for everybody. So, yeah, you know. I've been in Atlanta, and it rained. I, I kid you not. It rained four weeks in January. Wow three weeks in February and a week in March straight. Wow. And we finally have gotten new weather, like better weather. It is 86 degrees and we're in fucking oh, quarantine. I would like amazing. promptly to like to write a congressman and be like, you make it stop. Yeah. Let me out of the house. Okay? I, know. I need to get my brunch back, but I don't want to go in fear. So I'll take my time. It's fine. We will take our time and do what we have to do. That's why we create these fantastic podcast bonus episodes and oh. other great shit on the internet so that people have things to do because we're all bored together. I hear that. Love it. All right. So we're going to do a couple of fun things today. We're going to definitely talk to Housewives of Potomac trailer. I know like that is now one of your areas of expertise because you talk it on like the big people stages these days. That's what <laughs> you were brought to do in the first place and you fell in love. So I love having people who come on who maybe didn't start with Potomac, but like fell into it and go, oh, this is a nice, fun thing. And I enjoy that energy. So it tells people they need to be watching. So we're going to do that. And then we're going to talk season two of Roni. And I chose season two because that is the rise of Kelly Kaloran Ben-Simone. And yeah, that's her premiere, right? Yeah, that's when she was brought in by Luann, no less. So we will get into that on the first couple of episodes, but... If you need something to binge people, it's Roni from, from day one. That's what you do. And, yeah, so are you ready to dive in? Oh, I am ready, Imani. Let's do this. Okay, so the Potomac trailer. Everyone who knows me, who listens, knows. Even, like, the Romans of Bravo, they posted my trailer, IGTV, and were like, we know mixing with Monty is, like, over the moon. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm <laughs> over the moon. This is the best day of my life. We, I don't think they were... I honestly feel like this was an, an early drop because of everything that's going on. Yeah, I think so too. And, and I love the way that they cut the trailer together. I think that it's probably, uh, you, you know, I, I often feel like when I have a lot of time to do something, the finished product is not that good. But when I have, um, you know, a short deadline, it, the product for some reason looks amazing. Mm, and I feel point. like that's what they did. I feel like they threw this together. They took all the best parts. It didn't have a lot of people clear it or tell people to cut things out. I think that it gave away a good amount without showing us too much. That fight that we've been hearing about all over the internet, they didn't sh mm -hmm. even show us that much of that, which I love. Right. I loved. We heard a lot of the aftermath. It. So I'm I'm thrilled to see that they got put it together. I think you're 100% right that they probably did not have enough time they cut it together very quickly because I think they literally showed the storyline for almost every single lady. Yeah. And that's something that we always don't get to see. It's usually for Beverly Hills, for instance, it was like we saw what the major point was with Denise and Brandy and that dynamic. But of course, it's also Beverly Hills, so they don't even like talking about all their real life stuff. And that's one of the things I love about Potomac. Each and every one of those women are having a problem at home. And I think that's something that is important for us to see that it's not just the one housewife who's come to get divorced, but like they're all housewives. So mm -hmm. they have like actual 
home marriage issues that need to be, you know, shown and discussed. And we're going to see it beyond just Ashley and her shit husband, Michael Darby. Are they getting divorced? I don't think so. I think it, I really don't think so. And I I get, you know, very, um, I have like a line with Ashley that I try not to cross because she is a fan, like a friend of like my family members. So me and her are not close, but like, I, we know a lot of the same people. Her, one of her mom's really, really good friends that knew her since she was little is my mom's sorority sister, is my godmom from when I was a kid. Like, we're very, like, intercepting. Intertwined, like that yeah. yeah. intertwined. So we try, I try not to, you know, ask them anything so I can watch organically. But at the same time, I, from what I know, I don't think she's getting a divorce. I think, if anything, she's going to get separated. I yeah, I mean, right that now, shit was fucking wild. Separated. Yeah. And, you know, I have a theory that it's, they have an arrangement for him and man things. For him mm-hmm. to want, if he wants to, you know, explore the spectrum that is sexuality and his yeah. and being with men, which is something I think the ladies, because they don't know, they don't understand, and they always just wanted to know, is there an arrangement? Like, let us know. Because, I mean, there was a lot of embarrassing things happening. But I think when it became down to women, and this is all in my head, like in my theory, when it came down to other women, I feel like that's where she draws the line. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's what was interesting was seeing, I, I thought that they were going to drop the bomb about a man in the hotel room, but it seemed like other women. No, it and was other women. I remember I th- this being a story like at home. Yeah. Like in, in like the casino that he was at, like where it is. It's actually fun fact. It's the same. Whoa, I just realized it's the same casino that they did like a wives night, like a housewives night with oh, okay. like Margaret Joseph's. Um, this was not even that long ago, like maybe September, Sonia and Ashley. And I just realized it's the same casino where he was photographed. Oh, with shit. These other women. That probably sucked <laughs> for her to have to go there. <laughs> Jesus it's where Christ. she was. Oh my God. I, I mean, that was, that was dramatic. And I, I loved, um, I mean, I just love Giselle so much. I feel like each, you know, each show kind of has a narrator and that's what makes each show. I, I think each franchise that kind of has a narrator, they, they're the most successful ones in my opinion. And it seems like Potomac has kind of shifted, um, narrators. And I feel like Giselle at this point is the like main narrator. Would you mm-hmm. agree? I would definitely agree. And I definitely, I love that, you know, we see her ex-husband, who she is now currently dating. This is her boyfriend. I know why. I want to put to death people's idea that she's paying this man. Let me tell you something. Her ex-husband, Jamal Bryant, is not the kind of man that would pay. If anything, the last thing that he would want to do is be on a show as Giselle's supporting husband. That is literally who he is. He is that egotistical. Like, he was a major, major pastor in Baltimore. He now has a major, major church in Atlanta. Like, and she, I'm afraid she's going to leave the show for him because she's been in Atlanta playing first lady a lot. So just believe me when I tell you, if anything, he has come back because he wants to be on TV, not because she has claimed him. He had a TV show not too long ago. Like it was oh, like a, a show about pastors. Yes, like with like all these pastors. It was I think the doctors, like that show Doctors. Like there's like a uh, panel of them. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know like that show. Adrian Maloof's ex-husband was on it once. Like Paul Nassif like came, like they talked about stuff. It was a long time ago, but they did it for pastors and it was like spiritual and like morning talk show meets like pastors, basically. Interesting. And it's 
failed miserably, but who's succeeding? Giselle. So that's all I have to say. Yeah, so he needs her. Right. He's paying her, if anything. He just had Kanye at his church not too long ago doing that praise and worship thing he's doing. Like, he's an attention seeker. So trust me, he's after Giselle. Janelle's not, she does not need to beg anybody to be with her. Yeah, I think, I mean, she is gorgeous, too. I mean, so she could gorgeous. get anybody that she wanted. So witty. We're going to see Karen basically admit that she should have left Ray after all these yeah, yeah. years. People forget Does it look that like they're... Karen and Giselle are going to be, like, close again, it seems? I would hope so. I loved their, like, though we kind of met them already on The Rocky <laughs> yeah. in season one, I, I like them as a duo, especially if, you know, they feel like they're on equal playing fields or something. But Karen, we often forget, is like way younger than Ray, her husband, like by 15, 20 years. So that dynamic, I mean, he probably met her at a time that was, you know, sensitive and she thought she was doing the right thing, you know, staying with him for all these years. But, and she stayed with him through all this tax, this money shit, like the tax press conference. Why do they all have these money problems? Why do they have these money? Like it, it just never will fail to surprise me. And it should, it should, be a, a normal thing by now in my head but like I don't get why they keep casting these people on these shows with all these money issues and I guess it's because some of the people with real money don't do the shows in the first place right like I've often said all these women only one or two of them live in Potomac and they're the only two that have like kind of real money but of the people who could possibly be on the show because Potomac is not the richest neighborhood in all of the DC Maryland, Virginia area but it's one of the richest in the country, but it's, believe it or not, it's, it's so small. So there's, there's nothing really to do there. There are other neighborhoods that have even more money. DC alone. That's why I always think DC should have stayed on the air. Like that is where the money really is. But I think that other women were just not going to do it. I have a friend whose mom was asked and she was just like, Oh fuck no, I'm not going to put my life. I have a good life. I don't want it on the TV. It'd be messed up, which I understand because we always see someone like Shannon Bedore. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you think you have a good life, you go on the show, and all of a sudden your life goes like kaputs. Well, I think that's why some people like that do it, because subconsciously they want to go on the, to get some sort of independence, whether it's psychological, mm-hmm. financial, and it ends up causing their marriage and personal lives to unravel. I'm almost positive Gina Kirschenheider on Orange County knew she was going to get a divorce. And, yeah, and, I think she needed you know, it. went on that show, even if it's just for... Um, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. I, I mean, it, it's 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 worth something. It is worth something, and we see even um, now we see some coming together with Robin and Juan Dixon. You know, it was always reported on like the interwebs that they got engaged again with a not diamond ring, but that was uh-huh. the decision she said. But we see them like going to therapy, working on it, and I think that'll be like a nice twist. Um, especially since we also have like Candace and her husband who are doing well. So there's like some doing well and then like three not doing well. Mm-hmm. And then we have this new wife, Wendy Osefo, I believe is how you pronounce her last name, who I feel is going to save us from a ship that's not even sinking. Oh, I don't I even just know. followed her on Instagram. She's oh, so she's cool. great. I've been yeah. following her for about a year ever since Bravo basically got mad at me for outing that she was a new housewife. Oh, um, did they really? <laughs> yes, I got blocked by one very um, uh, prominent accounts person who I will tell you off air who that is. Wow, and interesting. Who is like a god amongst many and on 
this person's birthday, everyone was like wishing them happy birthday. And I was just like, mm, okay, you reported <laughs> me twice, um, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Almost literally got me knocked out. It was, it was a mess, but she Interesting. is super smart. She is a doctor, PhD. She works at Johns Hopkins. She's also a um, local political pundit, like on Fox DC and Fox news. Um, she's like on the television. Like she's, a smart woman. Yeah, I saw she already has her blue check mark. Like, she's already established. Yeah, her husband loves her. She has adorable baby boys. Like, the cutest little kids. And she's wealthy. She has a very nice house in a very good neighborhood. I'm ready for her. Well, I'm excited to see her. I followed her on Instagram. I was stalking her, commenting on her shit. I mean, I, I think that the shame about shows like you know, Real Housewives of Potomac or even Dallas, even though I don't really like Dallas that much. Like, I think that they just have stunted growth no matter how good the content is. And I don't know, like, what they say in focus groups about it, but it seems like each woman on those shows who, like, tries to grow, I see that their social media numbers are, like, the smallest out of everybody's. They just can't grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's a very good point. I just, I'm, I'm definitely ready for Potomac. I'm excited um, about this trailer. I always thought it needed something to get other people invested because on its own, it's already so great. I think it's time people will finally wake up. And I think this trailer was the thing to finally get people on board. Because when it yeah. dropped, I saw many people like, I've never gotten into this show, but should I? Because this looks good. Yeah, you could watch this season out of context, it seems. It looks like a whole different show in, in a... Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you need it. You need to necessarily know the history at this point because so much of it has changed. You wouldn't even... It wouldn't even make sense to, like, stand certain friendships or anything. It's all over and different now. So... Yeah. It seems like it's going to be a really good time. Potomac comes out May the 3rd. I am still hoping for a sooner delivery date. Though I already feel blessed and grateful that they upped the trailer because this was again I don't think was supposed to happen for at least another couple weeks yeah I I bet it probably wasn't yeah it probably wasn't supposed to premiere the trailer until you know beginning of April or something yeah because May is a ways away so I mean lately though it seems like time is moving so fast for me I don't know why I thought that maybe like moving so slow I feel like this week went by like I snatched my fingers I'm not bored at all I don't get it I'm like I I have so many things to do yeah I don't feel bored at all no, I'm doing things. I'm like looking up and I'm like, oh my God, it's Friday. So and I know that means nothing to people anymore because every day is the weekend. But to me, you know, especially with the Bravo thing, with the Potomac thing, that was basically like a new coming for most people. It was like, oh my God, this is, this is a big a deal. This is an emergency. We must stop two Housewives shows. And now they'll roughly be back to back with uh, Beverly Hills and New York won't be off yet. So that'll be a fun time. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I feel like what they're going to do is really rush production for New Jersey and Orange County. I feel like, you know, I know that they can do the at-home videos right now, but I feel like that'll only fill up, like, one episode. Like, I bet that they'll dedicate one episode to the break of coronavirus. Right, exactly. Show what everybody was doing at home, and then that's it. Because there's really no opportunity for storyline to move along with the women all in the same place. So it's like... You know, I, I feel like they're definitely either going to be shorter seasons or really rushed production. Yeah, I would agree because I'm very confused and concerned about, but also grateful that Potomac was still filming confessionals up until yesterday. 
Yeah, so well, I bet you those are social distanced, you know. Yeah, of course, I'm stuff. sure. And everybody who they, you know, saw had probably already been exposed to each other in some way. I think they were definitely past, you know, practicing safety. It's not like there's 15 people when they do confessionals. So I just found that interesting. But Bravo was, like, determined to get something done. So we just thank you, Andy, and hope you were resting well. Yeah. And I'm just so excited because we have New York coming literally in a few days. So one of the reasons... I even wanted to get into New York was because I wanted to revisit a simpler time. And that was the time of season two where we had the likes of Kelly Ben Simone and Alex McCord. I can't believe they were on at the same time. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, and I think that when they were only ever on it at the same time, right? Yeah. I think they literally stayed on it at the same time until season four when Kelly was replaced I think or Bethany was replaced um by Jules Weinstein I believe by Cindy no by Cindy Barnes. Cindy Cindy Barnes. yes Cindy oh Cindy. who I liked I yeah I, New York was big on like the one hit wonders I don't think New York's ever had a bas- bad cast member in my opinion I have a I have an opinion that a lot of people don't share I'm not a huge fan of Bethany Frankel I think that she's great but I think that New York can survive with or without her I think my favorite season of New York was honestly like seasons five and six when um, Bethany wasn't in it. I love those years with Heather Thompson and Aviva and Carol. Oh, Heather Thompson, Mama. Oh, but see, oh, I liked Heather Thompson with Bethany because I thought she was a really good villain. But I yeah, thought they well, were good enemies together. Yeah, and I think that Heather is the more genuine Bethany, if that makes sense. Like Heather didn't seem like a shit talker. She was very straightforward. I think Bethany often says things like, oh, I'm straightforward. You know how I feel. I'm going to say it to you. That's not necessarily true. She does do a lot of shit talking, especially in confessionals. I mean, I think a common thing that the New York ladies didn't appreciate about Bethany was that when she was in a room, she would suck the life out of a scene or out of a conversation. And she would do it under the guise of, quote unquote, being straightforward. And then when it would get to her confessionals and they would watch the season, she was doing so much shit talking about all of them. Yeah. She never made good TV for me. I'm going to be will admit I did always love her I do admit more that watching season two back it is definitely a different dynamic and I can see where people got that idea because even with like Jill who was she was basically the lackey of Jill at that time so she could never really say too much to her face she had to say it in confessionals and it was never really bad it was just um the judgmentalness that we see and know her now to be a, maybe a little bit more apparent she was hiding in confessionals back then and it's like watching season two was strangely therapeutic but also very interesting because it was a totally different dynamic of a show i mean this is fresh off of the year where it was supposed to be manhattan moms as people know and it wasn't a real housewife show yet in season one, it was like rebranded as a housewife show, basically. So bought and made into that. But mm-hmm. season two, it really was following the formula of a real housewife show. But it still had like that mom click upper society edge. And Bethany was on the outskirts of this, basically. Yeah, she was never. Which I do give her credit in. for. I think that that was. Co- I think that was something that I liked her better in the beginning. I thought that mm-hmm. it was cool how she was single and doing shit on her own. And I liked her confessionals because they were like the snarky narration of the show, mm-hmm. which was cool. But now, like, I mean, she's off the show at this point. But afterward, it became so apparent when she didn't want to be filming Real Housewives. Like, it became so clear to me that she didn't yeah. want to be doing it. I think she felt 
strangely obligated because we really are watching the rise of this woman to where she is today. And it was nothing short of this show. And I will say, I'm even a little shocked that like, um, what's her name? Alex hasn't piped up to the level of Luann where Luann used to say she basically created skinny girl Margarita with Bethany, though we all know that not to be true. Like yeah. we literally watched Bethany say, I'm going to order this. And Luann go, I want to try that too. And that's not yeah. that you created it, honey. That means literally you wanted the same drink and she knew she had a hit because you liked it also. Yes, um, 100%. <laughs> but what's so funny is that um, I forgot Alex basically redid her logo for her because Bethany hated it so much. And she was using Comic Sans as a grown woman, you know, with a business as her business logo, like our Comic Sans and clip art. Yeah, I thought that I I um, was looking back at the OG one, and it really is just Comic Sans. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking wild. No, it really is. Like it's Comic. I don't know if you listened to two. I don't know if you listened to two judgy girls, but they yeah. often talk about um, oh Comic Sans. Oh my god, Sans. Mary's obsession with Comic Sans. Sans. Yeah, it's so good. Yes, absolutely. It's so funny to me because. I'm like, if anybody can actually take stake some claim in helping Skinny Girl launch itself, it is probably Alex, but she's not really done that. And I think that's mainly because the difference with, uh, with Simon and Alex at the time were that they were such social climbers. They didn't feel the need to stake claim in someone on the, what they on a level they thought was lower than them. But they, I think they genuinely believed that Bethany was casted beneath them and that they were casted as equals to Luann, Ramona, and um, Jill. Yeah, I think that if you look at the core, I guess it's like the core four. So like Luann, um, Ramona, Jill, and um, Ramona, Luann, Jill, and Alex were like the, the lead roles, right? At that point, yeah. who was the first season? What was the first season cast? Um, I think it was all of those people. And then Kelly's added in after. Yeah, she was added in second season. Interesting. So the first season, someone even just posted, the first season was Bethany Frankel, Luann Delaseps, Alex McCord, Ramona Singer, and Jill Zarin. Interesting, right? Yeah, no, that's a very interesting situation but it also is to me one of the reasons why new york works is because there is no there was never one particular person that it was the uh, the epicenter around they all had personalities that were worthy of watching separately in their own scenes and it's the reason why even now with bethany gone new york is still gonna work because new york doesn't work solely if one person is there or not there it works on its own as an ensemble cast because they literally hire and cast batshit personalities. Who did you enjoy watching the most the first uh, two seasons? So for me, I think that Ramona has stayed the same the yeah, most. Yeah, she has. She she's the ex- she's the most person. genuine. Yeah. Like, she doesn't play it up, play it down. That's Nothing her. different. There's a scene in season two with her and Luann where Luann's talking about sending Victoria to boarding school and she... Basically, Ramona trashes her as a parent right then and there in the middle of the restaurant in front of Jill and everyone else and goes, why would you send your daughter away? Well, yeah, I had my daughter to, to be near me. Like, if it were me, I would never send my daughter away. Like, why would I do that? I would never send Avery away. I love Avery. I want her with me. Like, we sit in the bed. She tells me what boy she likes. Like, I just don't understand. I mean, if it was just me, it's just me. But if it was me, I would never send her away. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And Luann is, like, actually going back and forth with her. And I was like, this is basically season nine. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's true. <laughs> and I, what I like about it is that when there's little episodes like those, it, it or little fights like that, that's what Housewives was really made for. And I even loved that on, um, you know, New Jersey. They're talking about the birthday parties. Like, I like that shit. Like, that's like the kind that of stuff. Friv- like, the frivolity of these the the rich women is is what I was drawn into. What I yeah. hate with Housewives and with Bravo in general is when it gets a little too much into like my human rights. Like I don't want to debate shit about myself and other people. Yeah, I like agree. that's weird. I don't want to have this conversation. I will literally go watch the view if I want to do that. Okay. Yeah. I want to watch, watch people fighting about birthday parties. Not right. About if I want to watch women fight about like my rights as a citizen, I will watch the view. If I watch Bravo, I want to see Jill and Ramona and Luann, like, I want to see them argue about Ramona sneaking out of the party before saying goodbye to the host and they yeah. being, like, for 15 minutes. That was so rude. Like, that's, I would, I, mean, I would never do that. I just can't understand why she would do that. It's so rude. She didn't come and help me with these goodie bags. And I'm just like, this is what I like. That I can't relate to that. That has nothing to do with me, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. It's not, it's like, you know, you watch certain things to see yourself in and then you watch certain things for envy watching and stuff that you've heard like I remember the the thing that I originally loved about Real Housewives of New Jersey was that some of the stuff they were fighting about I was like oh I've seen my mom fight about this with people <laughs> like I, I I it's it's like neighborhood talk and it was almost based off of Desperate Housewives and yes but like a real version because that came from somewhere Yes. And so what is cool about seeing New York is it almost takes a hit from Sex in the City more so than Desperate Housewives, kind of yes. like Orange County did. Yeah. I definitely get that Sex in the City vibe, and that's what made it so attractive. And I used to watch that show that Bravo did, Odd Mom Out, which was like loosely based. I loved Odd Mom Out. Me too. It was like very much so Real Housewives of New York, and I used to love that that vibe because it made you think about a world that you could never really be a part of. And that's yeah. what you loved about, that was why it was like behind the gates of with, with the OC. Like it's something I can't touch. And something about that is alluring. It makes you want to watch because you would never fight at a charity event about these things because you probably would not be at this kind of a charity event in the Hamptons. And it's like, oh, what, what, I thought Simon didn't like the Hamptons. And it was very much so, you know, do you go to the Hamptons or do you vacation? Like, do you go to St. Bart's like the, like the Van Hamptons do? This Hamptons argument has continued on the Housewives for way too long. Literally, I find it to be hilarious. And I just loved how much Simon and Alex were so confident in their choices, knowing, like really thinking they were selling to us that they were living this opulent, high-class, high-society lifestyle. Yeah, and they were not... We knew they were. We can see it. We're literally looking at the comparisons in the same episodes. It was... It, you know, I've learned over the last year or so working for certain famous people, you can find out very quickly who is a scam and who is not. And there's a few telltale signs. One is when things are constantly being renovated and renovating is stopping. It, that is a telltale sign that there is something going on that we either are not supposed to know about or there's something going on that we just don't want to know about. That's the first tale sign. Cough, cough, Sheree Whitfield. Yeah. The second telltale sign going off of that is when things are constantly being delayed. When something's mm. supposed to happen and it's pulled next week or next week or the week after. That's how you know. 
And then the third telltale sign for me is when there are multiple, multiple, multiple ventures. So like, like for example, Sonia with her multiple lines, Sheree with her multiple mm-hmm. lines. Mm-hmm. There's, there's too many things going on at one time. And I feel like that's an excuse for people to buy multiple LLCs to get a credit line of fifty dollars to $100,000 to never report that on their taxes. And they can buy things because, you know, the truth is the IRS isn't going to find you unless you're spending more than, you know, Twenty to thirty thousand dollars a mm-hmm. month, so they're taking them out for these small credit lines. I'm going to spend ten thousand dollars here, ten thousand dollars here. They're never going to get caught. Yeah, because where is the toaster oven? I mean, that's not season two, but where is it? I would love a Sonya toaster oven. And well, I, I can't believe love... Sonya's not in season one or two. I forgot. I know people forget she's not an original. Yeah, it's the craziest thing. But then New York still worked before, during, and after, and that's one of the things I love about New York is. It doesn't really need to be one person. There's not one person that's a nucleus. They find, for some reason, the baddiest people to be on this show who have something to prove. And they want to prove it. So Mm -hmm. Ramona, she's proving to us constantly that she's young and in love. She wrote this article she gives to Bethany in like episode two of season two about like how to catch a man. She's like, I have it all. I have it all. I have it all. I make my own money. It's an aphrodisiac. It's her freaking tagline. Like, yeah. I never thought I would hear the word aphrodisiac in a tagline in my life. And I'm like, here we are. But this was like back when they weren't so scripted. It was more like. And I love they, those taglines. Yeah, they I would love like them. take. I, I saw the new them. New York ones. I don't like the new New York ones. Oh, I have. They're not good. Okay, so I have the season two ones and I want to run them by. Oh, go ahead. Do it. So, Jill. I run with a fabulous group of people. Mm-hmm. And these seem like the ones that they just basically take out of a scene and like pay- paste it. Yeah, the, yeah, they take out, they, they take out um, audio clips. Yes. Alex, to a certain group of people in New York, status is everything. And I'm mm-hmm. like, girl, that's, you're the group, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Luann, I never feel guilty about being privileged. We know. <laughs> yeah, we know. I can't believe it. Like, that did not age well. No. <laughs> Bethany, New York City is my playground, and I love that. Ramona, yeah, I like that. That's good. I like making my own money. I find that an aphrodisiac. Kelly, I've created a great life, and I love living it. And I just want to say, Kelly came into this shit crazy. Yes, yeah, she was she crazy from the first episode. She gave me Peter Pan vibes. Like, she, something about her felt very 12 years old that yeah. never grew up. Like, everything was, she had a negate mouth the entire time she was on screen. Yeah. Like, she always kept saying that, you know, basically not knowing where she was going was disorienting for her. Yeah. You know, she gets invited to Ramona's, I mean, to Jill's charity party. She's like, I don't really know, like, anyone here. So, like, I'm nervous because, like, I don't know what the agenda is. Like, what is the purpose? And then she's like, I get invited to all these fabulous parties. And you think as a model and an ex-wife of a major fashion photographer from America's Next Top Model, just kidding. I know he did other things. Um, <laughs> but she goes to, I think, Mark Jacobs' like actual Hamptons party. And she says, I think that when they invite me, it's enough for me to show up and just show my face. That's my way of saying, you know, I appreciate it, but I don't have to stay. And she leaves by waving both hands and goes, bye. Thanks, everyone. That's yeah, so bye. Fun. Bye. And I'm just like, girl, are you okay? She goes, I can't do my job if... And she was like a writer for social life or something like that. She goes, I can't do my job. People are taking my pictures. I don't know what's happening then. And yeah, she thought so much higher of herself than, than, than she really was. She really thought she was really famous, didn't she? And I'm like, girl, you also can't do your job literally if you're not there at the party. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, why would you sign up for a show if you didn't? Like, it always seemed like every event that she went to it was, like, in and out, that she had somewhere else to be. We know that she wasn't going anywhere else. Yeah, absolutely not. Of course Like not. how Bethany, uh, that was good. I'll give Bethany that when she says. I mean, I'll give Bethany a lot. She does have a lot of great lines. She I just great I, quips. She's, I feel like she's not the warmest human. Yeah, I feel like often I, like, judge a person by, I know she does great things for, like, be strong and stuff. I just know, like... I, I just like nice people. And I guess we don't we shouldn't watch Housewives for nice people. No, I always say just because you're laughable doesn't mean you're a good housewife. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, we're seeing that on Jersey, and I know you love Jersey, and I love those women. I just would want to be friends with them. But that the, this season was literally missing something. I you cannot figure out what something? it was. Absolutely. Really? People thought even the reunion was so lackluster. We had one major confrontation. It was the hair pull. And now I'm like, what are we even going to do? And I'm not someone who thinks we need Danielle. I just know we need something. They're going to add and someone. They should bring someone Jen, back. I think so, too. But if Jennifer did not overkill in part one, we would have had a Watch What Happens Live special. Literally. Yeah. There was nothing right. there. And the right. only person who engaged with her is Margaret, basically. So yeah. what, are we just going to watch with Jennifer and Margaret? Well, it also seemed, I mean, we're, we're getting sidetracked here, but I like this sidetrack. I, I, I don't think that Teresa and Danielle really don't speak anymore. That seemed really fake. I feel like they are still friends in real life. I it, think they kind of have to be for some reason. I'm 99.999% sure that, um, what's her name? Danielle can't, the, Teresa can't fire Danielle as her friend. I think Danielle no, got something she on her. Something's I think there. she has something definitely on her. It doesn't. It just doesn't seem to me. It seems like even that fight at the reunion was forced. Teresa's is just like, oh, you, you broke my trust. You broke my yeah. trust. That's but someone it. asked Danielle on Watch It Happens Live like a couple of months ago, "Do you think you guys will ever be friends?" And her response was not that of a Danielle that is like over the bullshit that knows something's over. It was all but a warning. It was like Teresa, you know, she knows that we are friends, and she is between me and her. And I'm just praying she'll come to her senses and we can grow from this. And I'm like, yeah. huh? Well, they talk. This they talk. Danielle, this would never have happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I do think that, and listen, Margaret's my favorite ever. I, I don't think that if, I, I think that if Teresa and Danielle and Margaret all stayed friends, I think that that's really what made the, the the breaking of Danielle was when Margaret and her relationship broke up because that's what was holding Melissa as Danielle's friend. That was what was holding everybody else as, as Danielle's friend. I don't know why Danielle chose to go against Margaret. I think she thought that if she aligned with Teresa and went based off of not true friendship, I think Danielle thinks that she can't truly have a friendship. She has to have a leverage and Marge, that was too much of an equal. She didn't have leverage there, but she couldn't accept that Marjorie was just her friend. Teresa, I think if she had some leverage there with someone who she knows they won't get rid of on Housewives, she was going to be okay. But the problem is, honey, it doesn't mean they're not going to get rid of you. They just won't get yeah. rid of Teresa. Yeah. Yeah, well, who do you think's next? I, I honestly, I think the next to go is Jackie. I mean, I already know that they're going to keep everyone again, but I hope they, they add someone. I just think Jackie came in so hot mm-hmm. that it's going to be really hard to match that yeah. energy. And it didn't happen second season. And it's not that her story wasn't important. It's just, again, Jersey it was like, it was almost too real. And we don't just want to know that Teresa's criminal husband got deported 
And then halfway through, I got to like find some kind of empathy because his kids are suffering, but I don't want to because Joe's a criminal. Like I don't, it's, it's a hard like thing in the middle, but then, you know, it's just like there, a lot of them are just too likable. And I think, unfortunately we don't, we can't get with that because the thing that I liked about New York is that those women, they weren't necessarily likable in season two. They were so no. like not relatable, but it was almost laughable. Like Luann is just as delusional. Her housekeeper goes home to the Philippines for a month. And the first thing she does, is goes, okay, I'll let you go ahead and get settled and organized. Um, I want you to start with the laundry though, but thanks for coming back. <laughs> and I was like, Luann, she gets on the mic at a, a, um, a cancer society reception where she and her husband are being honored. She gets on the mic and tells everyone to shut the fuck up basically because they're talking over the lady who's about to introduce her award. She's like, this woman's trying to honor me and I want everyone to listen. But yeah, then she I'm proceeds deep. to go and talk. Yeah, she needs the attention constantly. I think Luann's also an interesting character arc because we've seen her go from literally so self-righteous, the countess, this, that, to like this cabaret star now, which seems yes. so déclassé. She, she needs like, something to pull her, you know, into the center of the of the spotlight because she was so persnickety about being called Countess Deliceps instead of Countess Luann. And I'm like, are you are you high? No one should call you Countess anything. Who cares? Like. Yeah, it, it was such a big deal for her to be that title, and as we all know, but to rewatch its origin, where this came from, is a really wild ride. And the one, the last thing I wanted to touch with you on is, so this, so we in season one and two, Bethany and Jill, Bethany is Jill's lackey. It is like a dynamic that oddly works, even though it's unequal, which is probably something that is relatable for a lot of people on television. Um, Bethany is nothing yet, basically. And Jill kind of takes her under her wing and Bethany doesn't have a family. And then, so there's this scene in season two where Jill's mom is all but telling Bethany, you are now with me for life. Like you're bonded with us for life. You are in this family. And Bethany cries and she's not a stranger to emotion. Yeah, that's a, a really beautiful moment. It was one of the beautiful, like the prettiest moments I've ever seen on this show, because the mom was like, are you going to be okay? Like, I want, I want you to know, you have me too. It's not just Jill. You have me too. You have Is her mother still, her mom. mother died, right? Bethany's mom? I no, believe no, so. Jill's mom. Jill's oh, mom. Jill's mom? I do think, yeah, she's had a lot of loss in the years she's been off. Yeah. That's so really I'm sad. I'm just like, that. I'm watching this dynamic, and I'm just trying to think to myself, because I we all know when it happened and what happened. But I think sometimes when you rewatch something, it kind of like forces you to think more circular, like this, yeah, more yeah, more circular thinking. This was a moment, like it wasn't just like this fight that just happened, and over time they never you know came back, and the ambush of you know Bethany at Jill's with Ramona was like a thing. Well, Bethany's and not a forgiving person. If we if we look back, I, I mean, the another thing that I, I like to do with people is look at their track record. Bethany has severed a lot of relationships in her life, and mm -hmm. and it you know at a certain point you got to think, am I the problem? Her family she doesn't have a relationship with. Jill, she broke off that friendship. Carol, another big friendship in her life that she single-handedly destroyed. Team Carol forever in that situation. Oh, she, wow. She gaslighted the fuck out of Carol. No, I will say she argued semantics so many times. And I was like, that's how this is the number one way. We all know you're wrong, Bethany. Yeah, you she, I, I don't semantics. get how people 
I don't I don't get how I know people might not like me for saying this, but I don't get how people were team Bethany in that situation. I mean, I, I was. I'm not even going to lie. I w- but mainly it was because the way Carol was treating Tinsley, it made it a lot easier for me to go back for She basically just said that everything we saw with her was fake. So it was hard. Well, I think for what me. she was trying to say in that situation was like, Bethany's trying to make it like it's like the demise of our friendship because me and Tinsley are so close. She's like, me and Tinsley aren't even that close. We're coworkers. But I didn't like, believe that. That's the thing that people had an issue with. It was like, that's not, we've seen production led relationships. I mean, for God's sake, Luann yeah. introduced Kelly, Ben Simone, yeah. and they, they could barely get two words out together. Like, they're yeah. not friends. And we've seen them force friendships for years. But two things we know for certain. Carol was friends with Heather Thompson. Carol was friends with Tinsley. Like, that just, yeah. Carol doesn't seem like a bullshitter to me. Well, also, so anyone Ke- she Kelly spends was... her time with, I think she actually wanted to spend her time with. Yeah, I agree. And I also think Carol was friends with Bethany and was closer with Bethany. So I think her point was like, you know, I'm closer with Bethany than I ever was with Tinsley. And it seemed like Bethany came into that season needing to have a storyline, didn't know where the season was going to go. And she completely made it her point to make Carol look like this crazy, self-absorbed maniac. I mean, Carol was, if you look back at these fights, Carol's like has her hands thrown up and she's like, I- I don't know. Bethany is constantly trying to say something to get a reaction out of Carol, and that is gaslighting to a T. It was always, I'm going to say something to you, Carol. Then once Carol reacted, it was, oh, my God, you hate me. You absolutely hate me. Oh, my God. I mean, it was it, it was disgusting. As somebody who's been gaslighted in a couple of friendships and relationships, that's exactly what she did. I think that in that, in, in that season, I was team Carol more than I was team Bethany I Mm -hmm. definitely thought that Carol was like trying to make it work and Bethany kept fumbling the ball and I was like Bethany she's trying give her a chance but I think that shifted for me at the reunion when I really did think that Carol was throwing Tinsley under the bus but I also think that that was her way of being like how could you say we weren't close you know we were close like stop acting like you had a reason to be jealous we didn't have a reason to be jealous I just didn't think she needed to make that point with by telling people and that Tinsley didn't exist to her because Tinsley was like okay we may not have been you and Bethany but we were friends don't yeah, act she, like she I'm did fuck her. over Tinsley in that situation. Yeah, she had him down, threw her under the bus to get to. I like, think she knew she was leaving the show, and she was like, "Whatever." At, at oh that yeah, point. she very much saw also Brandy Glanville like the shit out of Andy. And was like, "Fuck you," and I was like, "Oh, there we are." So yeah, I mean that was nuts. What that a good time that was. Friends. I mean that's one of the reasons why New York is still one of the best. Like to think of all the housewives with all the dynamics and relationships that we have had. We've had some of the greatest housewives fights on New York ever. I know. I know. I, I really do think it's the best done one out of all of them. I think it's it, most consistent. You can watch any season of New York and have a great time anytime. I mean, I definitely want to remind people, Kelly Ben Simone was on so much longer than we think. People only associate her with, like, Scary Island or something. Yeah, she was on for three full years. That's a long time. And yeah. she was not... She was nuts since the very beginning. So yeah, if I was ever on a show, I would want to make that my t- timeline. If I was on one of these three years, I think that's the perfect amount. We got yeah, some great housewives out of I think. She did like two years, I think, maybe yeah, she, three. No, Alex did four. Alex okay. was on four, yeah. I, I full on believe they should bring Alex McCord back. I know that's not a popular opinion by most, but I don't oh, I get why too. she was I fired. Think so too. I think so too. She I was, think she's I, one I, of the greatest housewives of 
literally of all time because she was so delusional. She was a Luann level of delusion and she still believed that she had made it. And I wanted to ask you very quickly, because Alex wanted to like social climb so much and be a part of this high society life, I can a lot of like Ramona to that same kind of thing. Ramona's just a more subtle social climber. She, Ramona was wealthy when we met her, but no doubt she has elevated herself and her status as New York, the franchise elevated itself and its status. Do you think Alex should have, she would have gotten the life that she wanted? What would that have looked like? I feel like what Alex was the type of person that I think would have kept downward spiraling. I think Mm. that I I don't think it would have worked out well for her. I feel like she and her husband were in it together. It's, it's a very similar to a dynamic to like Peggy and Dico. Like they are Mm -hmm. a package deal. I think that they, I think she was fired in the year that they did the overhaul, but I do think it's an appropriate time for her to come back. I mean, I think that what she was trying to be like, like Alex was like the cool Brooklyn mom. And that's just not how she came across. She came but across- also that was before, you know, Brooklyn was even considered that. Like, I just feel like she was so before her time because yes. I remember they were walking like, why would she choose to live in Brooklyn? Like before Brooklyn became so gentrified cool. and, yeah. and now it's like this big thing. And I think you're right. She wanted to be that cool Brooklyn mom, but she also wanted to act like she was high society but also like too good for high society she was so uptight i could never be friends with somebody like her she was like i think in in episode three she literally goes you know simon loves treatments and massages and i just sit there and calculate all the different things i could be doing with the same time yeah, and i'm she's like so uptight. sweetie that's not how it works I, no. I really want you to understand spa johan face <laughs> literally i mean it was it was something else i mean she literally acted like the hamptons were beneath her could you imagine she because they go to saint bart's it's just uh what a time that girl and i fucking what a time literally season two people if you have not recently gone back and watched it i mean even bravo has been playing um i think old seasons of new york i think today though they did miami if you're listening on friday but miami really yeah i'm very shocked by that because you know they pretty much act like it never happened not more than DC. That's when I would really like to see them revisit. Like that's a good time. But if you're not doing anything, you need to be watching Roni season two or three or one or really any season. Cause it's one of the best things Bravo's ever done. Even though the ratings Sally aren't reflecting that anymore. I concur. I concur. Oh my God. Anthony, thank you so much. Oh, Amani, I love time. when you have me on. We have the best oh, time. So much fun. Please tell the people, what where they can find you and if you're working on anything that you want to plug oh cool so you guys can find me on instagram at anthony lario a-n-t-h-o-n-y-l-a-r-i-o i'm constantly trying to making little skits and comedy videos and eventually i've been working on it for almost a year i'm gonna have a new podcast coming out trying to get network back backing and if you guys need any help, you know, social media, whether it's doing your analytics, whether it's helping you with content, even simple things like video production editing, reach out to me over DM and I'm your guy and I'll help you. Yeah, no, you're amazing at all that. Everyone that I've ever known that has used you is like, oh, he's a genius. And I mean, you've done some pretty genius things, even that are really, really helpful. I know that you have like a little initiative going on with um like the likes of Bronwyn and you've gotten in so little time so many other amazing people on board to help during this really 
weird ass time where we're and in you're on board you're on board <laughs> yes and i'm so grateful that you included me and now it's like it's so cool being included in something that i think is actually really going to help and be fun and you know i it it's, it's, it's awesome. i can't wait i can't wait it's awesome and i'm sure we'll talk soon on another episode about that yes absolutely so thank you so much for coming on everyone go follow anthony and see all that he does especially to stay tuned on what we are working on next and stay local stay safe stay healthy stay home and now my instagram live with ono bravo Ta-da! moving into lala versus raquel whoo man so james sobriety he went to aa which i think is Amazing. I think, um, I, again, going back to your podcast with Ryan Bailey, you mentioned that he did it off camera, which I think is really important that he like did we that didn't off even camera. see him go, go there, like mm-hmm. head there or say it. That is something I think that if it was just done for the show or publicity, which I know plenty of people who still would not even want to admit they had a problem for a show. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to admit. It, you don't fake admittance that you are an, an addict to anything. The one thing I will say about Vanderpump Rules in general is of the sobriety storylines we've seen, which we've seen Lala and now we're seeing James, it is the juxtaposition of the way that they are dealing with sobriety versus like, oh, I don't know, Luann on New York is just so interesting and so crazy (laughs) to me. And I, I, you can say a lot of things about Lala. You can say just plenty of things. And I'm sure that, you know, you will, but (laughs) I do I believe I do believe that she is taking her sobriety seriously and I, I and I honestly like I really hope that James is as well and I think again the fact that he did it off camera is important. I think that was a really good first step. I think Lala's taking her sobriety seriously. Where I get off with Lala is how she has to then project that on somebody else. There is no one way to be sober. So to be like some kind of sober snob like is is what I'm calling it. I think kind of defeats the point. Like that's not Mm -hmm. the point. That's not what AA is. That's not what Al-Anon is. That's not what NA is. That's not what it's supposed to do. You're not supposed to go in there and be like, you've only been sober a day. I've been sober four months. What are you doing? Like, well, you've been, I thought you were trying this years ago. Like it's not to then like take him down, try to take him down the very next day. Yeah. To me it just seemed like, what, how does this help your sobriety? You know, kind of criticizing someone else's to me that just seemed a little too pointed and Mm -hmm. i'm like is this your new vice i don't like that yeah so let's start with the the coffee with with lala and raquel so i was really excited to see it i am a i still am not convinced that she is not part robot like she is a fembot from austin powers but she has gained a life force she has gained a soul and this robot I'm I'm Team Raquel. I really like. I'm I mean, really she starting. Definitely rehearsed her lines going in there with Lala, but I loved it. She I has, did. Like, she's kind of like Candy on Atlanta. Like they, when they cry, they quiver at all <laughs> yeah. times. That like, their voices are never stable. So you think mm-hmm. that she's like shallow or vapid, like she can't hold her own. But she, mm-hmm. it's not that. I think it's her natural voice. Yeah, and I think she's she's on TV. Like she's anxious as fuck. I'd be the same way. I feel like yeah, not to mention uh, she's going against this girl who literally I say constantly verbally annihilated, assailed mm-hmm. this girl in front of an entire restaurant, and she was just a patron. If I was a manager, I would have followed, fired Lala on 
the fucking spot. I still don't think Lala should have filmed last season. Contrary to what I think about her, which is, I don't think much of her, but I think she should not have filmed last season after her father died, and I still think she's in a grieving process. So we saw uh, the preview for next week, where basically it looks like Tom blows up on Katie again, um, which... I, again, like I, I think I started off the season just saying that Tom Schwartz yes. is a monster, and I really am hoping that people start getting on board with this theory because I truly think that him and Katie are exactly the same in terms of just being terrible people to each other. And I, I just think that they are in this relationship like until the bitter end. They are gonna just white knuckle it forever. Yeah, absolutely. Someone commented that they are 50 and a mom and Jack definitely should have reached out to his mom and I totally agree I'm estranged with the parent and I just graduated college not too long ago and I it was it killed me to have to reach out mm. to my estranged parent but literally if I didn't they were never going to know or get any inkling that they could come or enjoy it and I didn't want to regret it later yeah it doesn't have to be a lot it is super anxiety inducing when you don't get along with one but like it's, I mean, they're, they're going to follow your lead. So, yeah. but Jack's is such a narcissist. He would think that he was done a disservice by his mom not reaching out to him to an event that he banned her from. Yeah, and I'm sorry you had to go through that. But I think it's like, it's a really human experience that people all go through, like more than I think people would like to admit. And I think with Jax in particular, I just think there's more to the story and he is such a narcissist. I mean, when he went to that, when he learned that Lisa Vanderpump's mother had died and his takeaway from that was, I'm not going to invite, or you know, this Tom, just proves it. About Tom. Let's cut out more people. I'm like, Oh, and there it is. Like literally her point was, please reconsider. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just some, some viewer questions. If you guys want to submit some at the bottom, there's that little like question mark thing. So the mm. first question, do you think Tom and Katie or Brittany and Jax will last longer? Absolutely. I think Brittany and Jax are going to last longer. See, I think that they both are going to just like hold on. Are they going to be miserable? Yes. I think they're all going to – I don't ever see Tom and Katie. I think they're both too lazy to get a divorce. If they go through with going to Vegas, Annulment. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. If they go through going with Vegas and actually getting married, I think they're going to stick it out. I think that Tom, I think they're, they're definitely both too lazy. I think that though Katie would find the energy to do that. Um, this person wants to know, Monty, why are you wearing a disguise? <laughs> you caught me. I just don't want um, people to know what I look like. So I am wearing a disguise because contrary to popular belief, um, I do not make any money off of this gig. I do have a full-time job. I'm a therapist. So, you know, I just got to keep the facade going until you guys can get me that FabFitFun money and I can do this full-time. So <laughs> like, subscribe, review, whatever. Go to Monty's thing and like, subscribe so I can ride her coattails. But I you know, got to keep I'm, that. And I'm a teacher. Maybe I should get a disguise, but it's too late. <laughs> My face is literally every fucking way. So... <laughs> <laughs> I should have done it the other way around, but then I was like, how else are people going to love me? No, we need to see that pretty face. Um, so Peyton wants to know our theories of how they'll address the racist tweets um, and what more is going on with Jax and, well, how will they um, address the racist tweets during the reunion? Um, so someone asked me this question not too long ago, and I literally was like, I think what they're literally going to do with Max is go full on 
something surfaced on Twitter about, you know, things that you, that, that people said and they were pretty furious about it. What are your thoughts? What do you want to say to those people? And Max is just going to be like, you know, I, I was young. I didn't know that it was going to really hurt people. He's going to explain his ethnicity, with his, which is, um, according to him, blacks, black, German, and I think Italian. And um, he's going to say that, you know, it's incredibly wrong and he's upset that people were upset about it. And then Lisa's mm-hmm. going to chime in. And going to literally just go into why she decided to keep him because she did that for people already mm-hmm. and why she decided to keep him and why she wants to like let things go and why she knows him and then Sheena or someone else is going to just vouch for him. He's a really good guy. He doesn't mean it. And, you know, we've all fucked up on this show and that's how it's going to go down. And he's going to be literally out for that and that alone. Yeah, and my, again, my brain is so broken that I think I'm, like, permanently thinking in terms of, like, Instagram posts at this time, but what I'm going to do when that happens is I'm going to pull this audio, which Moni is putting on her podcast, and I'm going to show the footage from the reunion as that exact thing happens with just Moni talking in the background, and you guys will all see it here. We called it here first. (laughs) Yep, I'm going to do a thing where I'm going to write the script, and we're going to literally take a sip of a cocktail every single time it matches up with the script. Well, we will get as drunk as James DJing at an <laughs> event he shouldn't be drinking at. I'm sorry, that was a very rude pre- joke. He's sober now. A- Pre-AA. Pre- pre- when Jax fucked Faith, though, that was pretty fair game. He was definitely mm-hmm. drinking then. Um, where is Dr. Bald? He is upstairs watching television. He uh, will not be making an appearance. He has made that abundantly clear. I think that if we can get, keep this thing going, I may be able to like slowly plant the seeds because his takes are, he's so much funnier than me and it just like, uh, drives me insane. I would love like, to have both of you guys on the podcast reviewing things. Oh my God. Well, I will, I'll start planting the seeds. Um, okay. One more question. Let's see. All right, so why does LVP keep putting up with Lala? I think LVP is just like, people, just because she's an owner doesn't mean we did not meet her as a woman Mm -hmm. on Beverly Hills. The woman has favorites. She plays favorites. She has a soft spot for James. She has a soft spot for Jax because they remind her of her, her husband when she first met him a long, long time ago, and she thinks anyone can be changed and saved, no matter how, depending on how much they are loved. And then I think with Lala, I think Lala to her, in a weird way, represents herself. I really do. Yeah, and I think that also, I mean, the Watch What Crappens guys make the joke of, like, the broken bird, but I think also, like, think of the parallels between Lala and Brandy Glanville, like, when they first became friends. Mm-hmm. I think that, that Lala is somebody that Lisa really looks out for. She sees that, like, character. She sees that underlying, perhaps, good heart. She wants to, like, she does have favorites. I mean, that's the thing that when Lisa Vanderpump was on Beverly Hills, that's what drove everybody crazy is she, she's not unbiased, but I don't really think anybody is. So I think that that's definitely why she... She puts up with Lala yeah, for sure. I don't think it's just her, you know, that Lala makes her good money because Kristen is fucking TV gold and has been since day one and she can't stand her. So <laughs> She cannot stand her. She is so mean to her. And, she, and, like, tries to ban her every single week. So I'm just like, no, Lala represents the hoe she always wanted to be, probably always was as once in a, a, a back in her day. She's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She represents that fine piece of ass who wants to be a gangster, like... That's literally what it is. Lisa is like, and she's a different kind of gangster. She always professed to be that. And Lala is pretty much 
what she used to want to be, who she probably still thinks she is, and it's definitely a, a Brandy Glanville for her. Yeah, 100%. And this is a sidetrack, but I, I think Rand is just very lovable. I am team Rand. What do you guys think? I, I, I was expecting him to either get like the total doofus, horrible edit, but honestly, like I find him remarkably likable. I like him better than Lala. It's weird. And he gets very, (laughs) um, he gets very embarrassed when Lala mentions his dick on TV. And I appreciate that because I'm embarrassed (laughs) when Lala mentions his dick on TV and got him in trouble with 50 Cent literally also by talking about how she basically fuckered him. That being said, 50 Cent, like, did you I mean, see he yes, was talking he's shit about their wedding too? He's like, he's not that anything. amazing to them. He's, but I want people to know it's not just him. I mean, it's not just them. He's like this to everybody and lets nothing go. But literally how that started was he put up a video of Lala talking to Stassi while getting their hair done about how she <laughs> got a Range Rover the day after she fucked him. Which, yeah, I've got him. I just like that 50 Cent was basically like, um, they didn't cancel their wedding because of the coronavirus. They canceled it because nobody wanted to go and they didn't have any guests. <laughs> He's a nightmare <laughs> to these people. I just, and they still work together. Like, though power, their show is <laughs> over. If there is a remix <laughs> happening or something, like it's a there's a spinoff. He's working with him again. <laughs> Andy, that is the show we need. We need the behind the scenes of Rand and Fofty. Let's get that going. That is the behind. That's the workplace room. drama. Thanks so much for listening to another bonus episode of Mixing with Moni. If you like what you hear, feel free to let me know by following me at mixing with Moni, m-i-x-i-n-g-w-i-t-h-m-a-n-i on instagram and twitter and tell me your thoughts and feelings if you love it so much you just can't get enough feel free to rate me five stars and leave me a little review on apple itunes podcasts so other people just like you can find me and our little mixer